All right. What unifies us? Being Christ-minded. We're going to go through that because we've been talking the last few weeks like, the, you know, being Christ-centered or Christ-minded, being other-centered or others-minded. We're trying to think about other people's um, and being mission-minded. Um, those are the three things we came away with um, a few weeks ago. And then we talked about trying to keep a unified house and, and it just basically countering the temptation to walk in individualism or to be okay in self-reliance. And we want to operate, not we're afraid of self-reliance. We're just saying, I need to be aware of it so I can make sure I'm going that direction. I'm not going to self-reliance. I'm going to God mode. I want to go and connect with him. I want to hear his heart, hear his mind. Um, so we're being, because we're talking about being Christ-centered. He's the head of the body, so we do what he says. But I'm going to go more on that. Um, being other-centered, we prefer one another. We serve one another. That's through humility, thoughtfulness, generosity, culture of honor, which is something I, I you know, I love what we would say. Um, but just have an idea of, like, whatever honors that a person behind their back or in front of them, that's how we talk about each other. That's how we esteem one another. Um, and being servant-hearted, having compassion. Um, and then, again, being mission-minded is about going out into the world, not just being our nice little club, but actually saying we're on mission together. We forget the disagreements when we're on mission together. We see the harvest. We see the need. We say, okay, you know, yeah, I, I may not feel this wonderful way about this thing that you like to do. And, you know, we forget about the, should we dance in the church or should we, you know. Again, praise God we don't have that problem. But you know, I had some of those churches where I'm like, you know, that was actually part of their foundation. Like, you don't dance in the church. So I'm like, well, I kind of broke that rule a few times. Um, but, like, you know, like those little petty things that become really just, really just petty but we want to make sure we're about the harvest, the great harvest that's before us, and uniting under that banner, the banner of Jesus. All right. So I'm going to read through this, and I love this. This is a passage, actually, D, I think you brought up last time, Psalms 133. So Psalm 133, not Psalms 133. Psalm 133. Um, let's see. How precious. Actually, if you guys are going to read this with me, that's all right. How good and, and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. I think we just might be reading this for a while. We might just go over this and you're like, okay, again? I'm like, no, I want that blessing. Why do we read this? We want the blessing. Unity. It's under what? Like this, the whole point is he's talking about in the context of them going through the desert. He, they're united under Aaron's beard. Or it's running down Aaron's beard. It's talking about that time of being around Mount Hermon and Mount Zion. They're talking about this idea of being united. Because when they were, Israel was united under the banner of God, under the leadership and the guidance of God, man, they were blessed. He was before and behind them. He was with them. We want that. We want that blessing of just sensing the presence of his leadership where he's guiding us. We know that he's behind us and he know that he walks with us. We want his blessing. We want that. Um, we want that. And so we want to pursue unity with all that we are. And so, first of all, there's a lot of things. I'm still thinking through this because I, I, as I read through this, I'm like, there's so many more things I could say about this. And I probably actually might. Um, but being Christ-minded, the first point I f- find ourselves is God establishes our ways. Oops, hold on. Maybe not. Oh, there we go. I'm sorry, I got confused because I put a graphic on there. That threw me off. All right. 
Sorry, and I, I, I usually look for the TV. Sam, actually, do you, if you, I'm so sorry, bug you. Um, turn that TV on. <laughs> I actually started using it for a change, so usually I've been ignoring it, but now I finally I'm like using it. So, thank you, sir. Might turn it in a second. Don't. Um, but yeah, being Christ-minded, God establishes our ways. Um, it's paramount that we yield or humble ourselves to where it is leading. Um, we know that we can always come up with our plans, and it's good that we do so, but we must also understand that God calls us all to commit all of our ways to him. Again, I'm not saying, please, you know, please plan. Please prepare, okay? Because, like, the, the plan, I, 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 this is something, this has, like, been, like, the most trickiest passage to me, and I've seen it taken two, one of two different ways. Um, but the Proverbs uh, 16, 1 through 3, and then verse 9, that, to humans plant belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the proper answer of the tongue. All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives and wit are weighed by the Lord. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. In your hearts, in your hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. And I've heard it said different ways, like, you know, he, we make our plans, but he ordains our steps. Like he, and, and I've heard it taken to the context of, well, don't even bother planning, right? Because he's got it, right? It's like, no, 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 no. He's not saying don't plan. He's not saying be lazy with your plans. He's like, no, give me your plans. And I think that Dan, we were talking about Daniel, like, hold it loosely, you know? Like, just, he is going to do something, and he might do something a little different. You're like, man, that was definitely not my plan. Um, but he, the whole idea is please prepare, please plan. Because, but the reality of it all is we must trust that God will take us in a good direction. So hold those plans loosely. This is an invitation to slow down, be still, and invite Holy Spirit to lead your hearts in dialogue with him about what he hopes to do. Because the thing is, he has hopes and dreams. He has a plans for us, a plans, plans to prosper, and, and to, he has a plans in store for us. So first of all, we want to yield to his leadership. And like, okay, God, first of all, I'm going to push pause on me and say, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? We make a commitment first and foremost that our ways must become his ways. Not the other way around. His ways become, must become our ways. No. We need to adapt our ways to become his ways. But first of all, I'm like, okay, first I'm yielding it up. I'm giving it to you. In Proverbs 20, 24, it says, A person's steps are directed by the Lord. How then can anyone understand their own way? Man, we want to be about it. And then in Psalms 37, 3 through 7, it says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight in the Lord. At first thing, delight in the Lord, his ways, his leadership, it's first. And then he will give you the desires of your heart. That means you're lining your desires with his desires. We want his ways. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. He's like, man, just chill out. It looks like everybody's running ahead of you and winning. It's like the rabbit and the tortoise, right? It's like, man, he's winning. It's like, oh man, but here's the reality. Steady, be still, trust him. He's got something going on. And sometimes it is going to feel like you're failing. It seems like you're not really doing much. But if you're being still and pressing into the 
the place of prayer and intercession and trusting that the Lord's going to do something, man, he is going to do something. It just doesn't seem like much at the time. And then Psalm 46.10, Be still. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. I think that gives us encouragement, right? To not rush, not to be anxious and run and do all these things. I'm not saying don't do things, okay? I'm not saying don't serve, don't love people, don't whatever, don't bless people. I'm saying for a second, don't be caught up in the urgency of the emergency, okay? Be willing to serve, being willing to serve in all seasons. But reality is, first, be still. Calm yourself down. <laughs> we need to calm down a little bit, all right? We need to know that he's God and he's got it and be okay with that. So first of all, what? God establishes our ways. So he's got it, right? He's got a plan. It may seem like a big fail. It may seem like he's leading us in the wrong way. It may seem like Job's situation where his family's gone. It may seem like Ruth's situation where, you know, Ruth gets married into this family. You know, and this is, you know, for those who don't know about Ruth, Ruth was married into this family and the sons all die. The dad dies. There's no hope for lineage. And honestly, she has no need to walk with her mother-in-law anymore. She has no need. She, in fact, she could just walk away and get remarried somewhere else. That was allowed. But the reality is she's like, no, your ways, your God is my God. I'm committing to this. And here's the reality. What's wonderful about the story of Ruth is it didn't seem like that was a good plan, right? Committing yourself to your mother-in-law and to walking with her and her God is your God. She doesn't, I mean, she doesn't know the faithfulness of God yet. She's seen the rough parts about what's been going on. She's like, well, this is a God who's faithful, yet my father-in-law's dead. My husband's dead. My brother-in-law's dead. This doesn't seem like, it just seems like this doesn't line up. But she's lining up in her heart this way. God, your ways are my ways. I'm going to follow this. And what happens next in a plan that seems impossible is God does the impossible. She becomes the lineage of David. And David is the lineage of Jesus. So, wow, what a lineage right there. Where it seemed impossible. But, man, when you trust God and you put him, him first, watch what he's going to do. Now, the second point, being Christ-minded means we got no, God makes known the mysteries. I think one of the things, I'm, I'm, I find myself tempted. I found myself in both of these categories. I either don't know the will of God and couldn't possibly ever know it, right? Or on the flip side of the coin, I by myself know the will of God and must walk it out solo. You just don't get it. It's not supposed to be either of those. We're not supposed to do this alone by ourselves like this, like, you know, maverick. We're supposed to walk together. So it says in Ephesians 1, 3 through 12, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms. So I'm going to look back here because I don't know. What's that? Oh, did it go fat too? Thank you. <laughs> Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight, in love. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us this. He made known to us the mystery of his will 
according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on, on earth, earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him, to the plan, he has a plan for us, to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. He has a plan and he wants to share it with us. We're not caught off guard. He wants to share his mysteries. He wants us to connect, connect with him and dialogue with him. And he doesn't do it. He's, not, he's saying, I'm going to give one of you guys the mysteries. He's like, I'm going to give you the mysteries. All of us, plural. God wants us to come together in two ways. Knowing that we have access to knowing God's will. And he wants to share it with us by the power of his Holy Spirit and his word. This means that God has a purpose for you. And that you can discover what it is. I know we have like the calling, like, you know, go and make disciples. And sometimes we're like, well, how? And then, but you have to sometimes step out in faith saying, okay, I don't know what that looks like. But I'm, I'm stepping out in faith saying that that's what you called me to do. You're sharing that in your word with me. I believe that to be true. So he's sharing you the mysteries. And sometimes that's the mysteries of the prophetic in people's lives. And you speak and encourage people where you don't even understand how the how you could possibly even know that, but Holy Spirit wants to use you. But also knowing, the second part is that God wants us to come together and knowing that we aren't called to walk out His purposes alone. And that's encouraging, right? Who wants to do this by yourself? He wants us to do this together. He is inviting us to gain this understanding together. This means you aren't alone in this pursuit, but rather that God gave you a family that surrounds you and prays with you for his purposes to be made known to you and to one another. That's the whole prayer. That's why we do prayer nights. That's why we gather together. That's why in life groups, when we pray together for things, and we're like, okay, God, I think that's what unites us the most when we say, God, we don't know what to do. We can come up with all of our plans. We have all of our ideas. But the end result is we need you. So, Father, make known your mysteries together praying together and things have come out of that time of prayer things have come out we're like oh we're getting inspired to do something we're like okay i like that idea like ooh, i just felt like when I, we were praying like this is something that came to mind we just start working together i'm like i want to run with this because he doesn't want to just give us ideas he gives a, he wants to give us the courage to walk it out right because it's easy to come up with ideas i love the idea people but i also love the people who have ideas are like okay I don't know how this is working, but here's the idea I have, and here's how I'm going to try walking this out. It's scary. It's scary because there's risk involved. But it, the Lord is, man, he's worth it. He's asking us to come to him and ask him things because Psalms 25, 1 through 5, it says, In you, Lord, my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. And this is where he gets a little scared a little bit. He's like, please don't let me be put to shame. Nor let my enemies triumph over me. He's just like, ah, oh, I'm wrestling with this. Because he's like, no one. But then he comes back to the truth in verse 3. No one. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame. But shame will come on those who are treacherous without cause. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God, my Savior. My hope is in you all day long. He's inviting God to teach him. And he's... God is willing. 
if you don't believe that God is willing, who is Jesus and what did he do with his disciples for three, four years? What did he do? He was teaching them. He's like, oh yeah, I'll teach you. I'll teach you my ways. Man, he's faithful. And being Christ-minded, we need to realize that God gives us each other to grow. He gave us people in our lives. If you ever question why God put certain people in your lives, oh, I've had that moment too. <laughs> like, Lord, did you? Am I supposed to be with this person for the rest of my life? Like this, like this, this person is in my workplace, and I can't stand them. Like, did you really? Are you sure? Are you sure? No, I love those people that really just grind your gears a little bit. They, they just, they kind of get with you a little bit and press, push you. Because, I mean, I remember, um, like, you know, especially, I think I've shared it before. Like, you know, there's, I, I worked at a, as a pharmacist tech and uh, worked with somebody who did not like me and did, wasn't very, um, wasn't very awkward or, like, you know, shy about saying so. Like, just were always about embarrassing me in front of the customers and, you know, and I'm trying to learn how to be a good customer rep. You know, I'm trying to be... You know, love on people, you know, bless those who are in customer service. Um, you know, you're trying your best to just love people and just make their day great. But when I first started, I couldn't even remember my name. I was so terrified to talk with people. I'm like, I think, I don't even know why I said it. I was trying to work the cash register and talk at the same time. That's really hard. Um, <laughs> and for me, especially at the beginning, I was just so petrified. And so this this lady... God bless her, did not give me a reinforcement in my boldness. She did not reinforce that, that confidence in me. She, she made sure to make me feel like just to heal all the time. And I wanted to love, I would talk about Jesus. And I would be honest about my faith with her. And I think she'd always talk about how she loved God. But then, and it always, it was like this moment where I felt like I could trust her. And then she would just kind of, it would just kind of bite me in the butt afterwards. And I'm like, wow, that was kind of rude. Uh, <laughs> And so I wrestled with that for so long. I'm like, Lord, why did you put this person in my life? Why? Like, is, is there a purpose? Like, do you just want me to feel pain all the time? <laughs> like, Lord, I'm done. And I don't know what it was. And I was just like, I don't see their purpose here. I don't get it. Now, it was crazy later. And, like, I'm not, I'm, and this is not me picking on this person because the reality is she was broken. And she was stealing medicine. I didn't know that. She was actually in charge of taking the inventory and doing all this stuff. And then, so, you know, she'd take some bottles of some stuff into her own purse and no one would ever know. So it came out someday that they found out. Um, and she got fired and a lot of, a lot of bad problems. And, um, but here's the reality. Two days before that day where all this came out, I remember sitting just with Michelle and I was like, Lord, I was like, Michelle, I can't do this anymore. I'm about to quit my job. I can't do this anymore. If she's not gone, I'm gone. I can't do anymore. And so two days later, she's gone. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, man, she's gone. <laughs> Freedom. Uh, <laughs> that's how I felt. Um, and I was just, and I was trying to wrestle in my heart. I'm like, man, but what was the purpose, right? Like, you know, like, okay, I have freedom. Is it just a, oh, I feel better now. That's, that's what was the purpose. Well, I came to find out, like, I, don't, I still don't know what God's doing totally. But I bumped into her. <laughs> Um, I bumped into her twice since then. One time she came to the store to actually, and she came up to me. It was, she apologized to the pharmacist for, you know, betraying the trust. But she came up to me and she's like, Caleb, I just want you to know I'm sorry. I was very rude to you. I was very unkind to you. 
I just would constantly say things. And you were always just so kind and loving. And you never, you never once ever came at me. I just, I see the love that Jesus has in you. I see it and I believe it. It's in you. And just, wow, she just was edifying me. And all of a sudden, all the things I longed for were coming out of her mouth. The person I least expected to come out of. But she's building me up in my faith that when I say steadfast and steady, she saw it. And whether I knew that she saw it or not, it didn't matter. So God's just showing me, he's like, man, sometimes I give you those kind of people, right? And, you know, they're not always going to be so harsh in me. But, man, he does give us people and he gives us family. And, again, I bumped into her again and she's loving Jesus. She's good. She's in a walk in a good place with the Lord. Again, I'm not saying I'm not, I can't take any credit for that because it's just all I know is that where I walked steady and steadfast in where God's called me to be, and not shrink back, not shrink back from that, but just stay steady. And I love what God does when you can stay steady and you just never know. You never know where people are going to end up. But I love also the people that challenge me to go retire. I love where the people where I'm like, I'm kind of like, it's like I can either find myself being either jealous of the person or I can find myself invited by that person. I'm like, wow, you spur me on. I want to like step up my game of sharing my faith, man. You encourage me to pray. Man, I love the humility in your heart. He gives us people to help us grow. Man, he does. There's some people in my life, I'm like, praise God for those people. Because whether they show me by being the most humble people I've ever known in my life, or being the most persistent and passionate people in my life, that just I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't even handle you anymore. <laughs> like you're just so many, just, you're so passionate. Like, but it was always spur me on. It would encourage me, and it really helped me press into the word and ask for wisdom. Because I'm like, man, that's the point. When we shrink back from like conf- you know, confrontation, or you know, we shrink back from being challenged, and you know, especially I love the people that ask like, here, I see this in the word. What does this mean? Because I think this is what it means. And this, I'm mad about this and this and the other. I'm like, oh yes, let's open the word, please. Let's open the word together and let's learn about it together. That's shrinking back from the word or shrinking back from opposition and questions. Man, that's why God gives us people to ask questions, to be challenged and to invite Holy Spirit to teach us because we want to be taught together. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16 if you don't know that this to be true, this is what God gave. He gave us apostles. He gave us prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his body for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all, not a few of us, not most of us, until we all reach unity in the faith. That's a big step. Some of us are, man, we're like, I don't see it. I don't see it. But he's like, no, that's why I gave you each other to spur you on till you reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the son of God and become mature, attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That, that sentence, that, 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 just that little part right there, it's not a very many words, but it is a big meaning attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ Man. I want the fullness of Christ, the fullness of Christ. That's, I want that. I long for that. Then we will no longer be infants. And that sounds insulting, but he's, that's the reality. Some of us are infants in our faith. 
We're tossed to and fro by the waves. We're blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Man, that is persistent. Like, I mean, you want to get anywhere by cunning and craftiness of people. Man, just read Facebook for a minute. Read Instagram. Read social media. Read your news. You find a lot of cunning people. And they're all about you, cutting you and, and manipulating your thought process and, and bringing you to this understanding. But he's like, no. But here's the thing. You're getting all bent out of shape about this little bit of teaching. They're cunning. Yeah, you got it. But you're getting all bent out of shape on it. You're like so thrown off. He's like, man, what happened? Come back. Come back to trusting me again. You're all caught up. You're caught up. He's like, no, instead of getting all offended and get all thrown around, he said, instead, speaking the truth in love. He says, don't get all mad and riled up. He said, don't speak the truth in love. Here's the reality. Know the truth that's in you, that's solid in you. That's not like, well, I think this is the truth. No, no, this is the truth. This is the truth. This has to be the truth. Otherwise, what are we doing? What are we doing? We, were, we need to know the truth. It has to be on us, and it has to be spoken in love. I've known some people that speak the truth. They forget that little component, the love. They like to speak the truth, but they forget love is so paramount to how we speak it. We will grow. If we do this, if we speak truth in love, we're going to grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. I love that verse because it is so important. I, I realize the value. I, I think I shared it a few times, but that one guy, this, that one uh, college student who I was with H2O, man, like, I spoke the truth quite often. Sometimes I forgot love. So it hurt our relationship desperately. It hurt it. I took a lot. Again, like, you know, relationships are like a bank, right? <clears throat> if you haven't heard of this analogy, good, you get to hear it today. So it's like a bank. You invest, right? When you talk to somebody and you encourage somebody, you're investing. You're investing in the relationship. You're investing. You're putting valuable equity when you talk to somebody and you listen to somebody and you build somebody else up. Now, when you say things like, man, I don't know. You've been kind of rude lately. What did that do? Withdrawal. <laughs> like, man. And when you say things like, and I'm not saying I said this, but I did say this. You're not being very teachable. Now, was it true? Yes. Was it kind? No. And at that point in the bank, I think I withdrew the last penny. And it hurt. And praise God for redemption because I would provoke, we would provoke one another to try to read the word. But man, sometimes it's so, it's, we forget that importance of love investing, sowing in love. That doesn't mean saying, man, you're not being teachable. No, it's like, man, I just see this in you, that you are called to be teachable. You're called to learn, and I want to learn with you. I want to learn with you. Now you're not, you're saying the same thing, but it's like, I just want to read the word. Let's read the word together, and then just like, what do do you think of this? And not say anything. Let the word testify to their hearts. Let the word convict their hearts. If they're not being teachable, let the Holy Spirit do his work in them. But reveal to them, like, I'm going to bring you the truth. I'm going to just present the truth. Not my truth, my perception of truth, my feelings on the truth. I'm just going to bring you the truth. And we're going to pray about it together because I love you. And I'm trying to figure out how to do this well together. Now, when you do that, 
we're going to grow in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. And let me tell you, that guy loves Jesus. We fought for it. It was hard, hard, hard conversations, five-hour conversations. It was awful. Headaches, migraines, all of the above. But man, I tell you what, I love this man. And I, I know that he loves me and he loves Christ. And that is so important to me. I see him growing as a mature man of Christ. See, from him, the whole body is joined and held together by every supporting ligament. It grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. We're called to do this in love. But he gave us this. We need to acknowledge that God gave us this. And if it's not from God, then you need to ask, like, okay, first of all, if this is from you, Lord, I'm pressing in. I don't like it, but I'm going for it, okay? I'm all in. But that's the reality. We want that from him. We want whatever he wants. And whatever he puts in our life, we're embracing it. We're embracing it like it's from him, like it's a gift, even if it kind of stings a little bit. Now, I'm not saying, okay, I mean, we'll, we'll talk if you have certain different circumstances and, you know, we can walk through that. But I, I'm just saying it's not a one-size-fits-all situation where you're like, man, yeah, I'm going to embrace it. This person's abusing me. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, Lord, like, do what you got to do to protect your life and your heart. But at the same time, realizing, God, what are you doing in the circumstances? Is this you? Ask him. Invite him. Dialogue with him. And then Colossians 2, 6 through 10. So then as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in your faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Thanking the Lord for those who are in your life. Thanking you for those who are are pressing. You're being pressed. You're being a little bit moved. You're being a little shaped. And you're being iron on iron. It's not a pleasant experience. But thank him. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of the world, rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in the bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. I've got a few more. Two more verses. You got it? All right. And here's the thing. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. Read that again. I, know, I can see it. Like, I know. I'm like, hold on. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. So that with one mind, one voice, you may glorify the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. Because if you see each other the way that you see them, well, guess what? You're not going to like each other too well. But if you see everyone, the person next to you, the people that you're around, the people at your workplace, if you see them the way that Jesus, the mindset that Jesus had, which by the way, his life was bent in prayer. He was seeking the mindset of his father. Like He's like, I'm not seeing them the way that man sees them. I want to see them the way you see them, Father. I want to see them. He was so dependent in prayer. So we need to see people the way he sees them. And that means we need to be bent down and say, Lord, I need to see that person at work that's been treating me like crap the way you see them because I don't see them that way. I don't like them that way. Let me tell you. <laughs> and I'm just going to read this again because I think it's just 
and we're asking. This is our invitation. This is our prayer. Psalm 37. I'm reading it again because I want us to commit to that, to commit to his ways. I want us to be no, acknowledged. I think these are truths that we need to acknowledge, that God did establish our ways. He is doing that right now. He's establishing your way. We need to acknowledge that, yes, yes, God, you make known the mysteries. You want me to be participating in this. You want to share with me your heart. And we need to acknowledge that God did give, you did give us one another. You gave us people in our lives that are shaping us, that are encouraging us, that are spurring us on, that are challenging us, that are, man, they're, it's the people you're asking patience for. He's like, yep, I got gotcha. you. It's hard, but it's worth it. We need to trust that these things are true. We need to yield to God our Father and humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, trusting in Him. Psalm 37, 3 through 7. I think I read it. Oh, uh, I put it in here earlier. Trust in the Lord. I'm going to read it over you again. And do good. Trust in Him. Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him, and He will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Man, be still. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Trust in him. Wait on him. Wait on him. Be still before him. Commit your way to him. This is what unifies us. This is what brings us together. Like when we talk at men's group, when we talk at life group, that's what unites us every time. We could commit our own ways, but man, it's about his ways. Sorry, I didn't know if you had something. Oh, you're good. Okay. Just don't worry. Yeah. It's always good. And so, so how will we put ourselves in the path to grow under his leadership? I want to ask this. Like, it's, these are the counterpoints. Okay. Like if he's, if he is establishing our plans, where is he leading us? Ask these questions. Real, ask, ask him. Where are you leading us, God? Like, whether it's just your family, whether it's here at Valley View, like, okay, I'm here at Valley View. Okay, why? There's a purpose. There's a plan. I'm here at Valley View for a purpose in such a time as this. There's no, like, you can't, maybe not see yet, but you have a plan. There is a purpose. Where are you leading us? And not only that, but how can we participate in those plans? Because he wants to make known the mysteries, right? He wants you to know. So how can we participate in those plans? And then the third point, again, if he has given us family, if he has given us one another, how can we begin connecting with those he's placed in our lives in prayer and discipleship? Whether that's under or, yeah. Awesome. Actually, yeah, I'm going to, okay. this is only because I keep forgetting that there's people online and I, I'm forgetting about you, but I want you to hear. <laughs> okay, so You can come up here. You can stand up yeah, here. If you want. To, oh, sorry. Yeah, you need your phone. So in Romans 12, 20, it says to the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, mm-hmm. give him something to drink for by doing so you will heap burning coals on their head. Well, I thought that was like, you know, showing them the error of their ways. Right. I thought that meant like, in a sense, they would be shamed because of how they were talking to you. But in reality, I read Isaiah 6, and when Isaiah had the the vision of the Lord, he saw the error of his ways. He saw the um, the tail of his 
of his, uh, uh, I can't, robe. robe yeah. and, and tails back then, the robe, um, the tails were the enemies. That was the enemies that you defeated. You would have another tail when you defeated them. So Isaiah realized he was defeated because of his sins and that the Lord then, the seraphim, brought a burning coal and rested it on his lips, which was forgiveness. So when we give our enemies something to eat and drink, you are forgiving them, and they will realize the error of their ways, and they will want forgiveness as well, leading them to asking and saying sorry and then going to the Lord. So I thought mm-hmm. it was pretty cool. Yeah, yes. That was good. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Damn. That's the whole point, right? It's like... It's not about our victory because we won't know the victory and we can't plan the victory. But sometimes it's like, okay, like I, again, I couldn't with that lady. I could never have guessed that she would have changed her. I mean, it was a long time coming <laughs> and her attitude was just seemed like it would never change. Man, but Lord does a, just a mystery. And what he does, I mean, he has plans for her. That's the reality. I like, I had to see that he had plans for her too. And I lost sight of that a lot. We lose sight of the fact that he has a plans and a purpose for her. He has a plans and a purpose for us. He wants us to work together. But we need to first seek his perspective, his mindset that he has plans in store, and to pray into those. Because when we partner with him in prayer, and he's like, okay, I want to show you a little bit of something that you may not see. And I, I think I've shared before. Michelle saw the future husband that I was definitely not when we got married, okay? Like, that's the point. He's like, she's like, I saw because God gave me vision about who you were not yet. I'm like, praise God, because I would have never passed. <laughs> you know, like just, but it's the invitation. It's not like saying like, not being optimistic, but like, she's like, I realized it wasn't optimism. It wasn't like, but it was just really, I saw God for what he was going to do in your life. And it's just so sometimes just shocking that it still keeps coming. Like, but she's praying into it. She's interceding for me to become that man. She's not saying, Hey, you know, you're not being the man I thought you're going to be. It's like, no, Praise God to do that because that, that would have been hard. But she just, in humility and love, just served me. And where we needed to be shaped, we ironed on iron. We loved one another well. But she, man, she's the wife that spurred me on in my faith because she prayed for me. She interceded for me. And I believe that for everyone. Like, man, ask God for those people. Again, I, I love those people that highlight in your life. Like, no, not them. Um, like, okay, Lord, help me see that person. With the way you see them. Because I don't like them. I don't feel like I'm loving them well. I feel like I'm tolerating them pretty well. I've been tolerating them okay. I feel like I'm about to not. Um, but just ask the Lord, okay, Lord, you put this person in my life, not in someone else's life. Help me see them the way you see them. Not for how pleasant and how they please me, but how you, they're, they're a design. They're a plan. They're a purpose. They were thought of. Their hairs on their head were counted too, just like mine. That God, you put someone, you created someone just like this for I don't know why, but you planned and you made them. So if you made them, they're your creation and you put them in my life. All right. I got to love them like it's your creation. Oh, I'm not saying it's easy. <laughs> well, I just want to pray. I think we're going to just take these questions. I think this might be something you could just chew on for a while. We could take this in a life group. We could take this in a men's and women's group. But if, if you just ask the Lord, like, okay, where are you leading us? How are you shaping us? Where, how can I start participating in these plans and praying together with this thing? Because, like, the reality is, like, I, I, love, I love praying by myself. And it's the temptation to just pray by myself. Um, but I also know it's better to pray with others. 
and to ask and pray and seek the Lord together with others. And again, I'm not, not telling you you have to be at prayer night. But man, I tell you what, that has encouraged me. Every time I've gone and prayed together, it's been worth it. It's been sweet. It's not always easy, but it is sweet. And we are asking the Lord to lead us, to help us to participate in the plans. We're asking God to help us to connect with those who's placed in our lives in prayer and discipleship. 